So even though they may not watch the the fire live as you broadcast it on Periscope, when they go and they search Twitter for house fire, you want them to be able to see that because the title that you choose on your Periscope shows up literally on Twitter. So your title needs to be something that's Twitter search friendly. Welcome to It's All Journalism. My name is Michael O'Connell, and uh, in studio with me today is Neil Augenstein from WTOP. He uh, walked downstairs, and we're going to have a little conversation today about Periscope, the uh, live streaming video app that a lot of people are starting to use and probably still have a lot of questions about. Welcome, Neil. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, you know, how did you discover Periscope? Well, uh, Periscope uh, was just uh, invented last year, uh, and it was invented uh, within months of uh, something called Meerkat. And they're both live streaming apps, which are uh, in which your phone is used as a camera, and uh, you are able to point your phone toward whatever is happening. And, uh, and stream it to whoever is, is following you. This is not the first time that there's been live streaming. There have been lots of, uh, lots of different software, like, for instance, Ustream, uh, that's been out there. But, but what was different about this was that this was being tailored to mobile phones. This was being tailored to being able to quickly get a broadcast going that could be easily shared with whoever was interested in in watching. So uh, that was that was kind of cool. I think that that, that I and a lot of other uh, reporters were thinking, "Hey, we could probably apply this to to covering a story." And uh, as we found in the in the last several years, while there while there haven't really been that many applications and software that that's designed specifically for reporters or for journalists, uh, applying these uh, these kind of programs and, and and apps that are meant for the general public, applying those to a reporter's job is really is really paying off. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of interesting. I've I've just to- uh, stuck my toe into to the Periscope uh, waters recently. Um, done a few things here for Federal News Radio. Um, and, and watched a few things online, like sat, uh, Friday night I was watching uh, pig races in, in Alabama. Um, that's no judgment on Alabama. That just happened to be what was on when I turned on, turned on the app. So is there a real difference between uh, Periscope and Meerkat? I know there was a lot of discussion a few months back in, in the journalism world about it. They both essentially do the the same things. I think that as time has gone on, Periscope is, is sort of targeting a different crowd than than Meerkat, and that may be because of some of the the things that, that for instance, uh, Periscope is is owned by Twitter, uh, and that means that the, the way that the, the most important thing right now uh, about uh, joining Periscope and broadcasting to your little network uh, of people who are following you on Periscope is that you also tweet it to all of your your followers. Now, since Periscope is brand new, in theory, uh, you'd probably have a lot more Twitter followers than you do Periscope followers. Uh, and then, and while you 
decide to begin your your broadcast, you can click a little icon uh, to make sure that all of your Twitter followers see that. And just to just to give you some background, so what happens is that when when somebody sees your tweet, it will say um, live on Periscope, uh, and then you and then you you know you, you might have typed house on fire at on on Jones Street. And so then people know that if they click on on that link, they can watch your your live coverage of that house fire. And they can watch it on a mobile device, they can watch it on their desktop. So it's really a, a very flexible and, and and handy way to to get your story uh out there. And um for a reporter who is looking for different ways of expanding his or her core audience. If, if for instance, since I'm a radio reporter, uh, my goal is to get people to come to our radio station and also to, to come to our website, WTOP.com. By using social media and, and using Periscope, you draw in your potential audience through that. And if you're clever and if you do it right, you can – keep ping-ponging people back and forth between the radio uh, and uh, and online and the social media. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed that, that I liked a lot about it, uh, it, it being live stream as opposed to, say, something like you're shooting a video on, like, Instagram or something, which is is very limited. You sort of shoot it, and then you, you can sort of share it out. This is – it's happening live. It, it goes on as long as it, it is, you know, as you're, you're focused on it. And uh, it, it promotes pretty quickly uh, on Twitter so that, you know, once you've decided what you're going to shoot and you start going, and people are able to come on and, and you know, they, they, they like it. And, and more, the more people that, you, that, that begin viewing it, other people will share it out. And, and it sort of grows. And it's a great way to sort of get audience engagement uh, because we, we all know that photos and, and video are, all, you know, those are the types of things that people love to click on. Uh, when it comes to Twitter and Facebook. So l- let's talk about how a journalist can use it. What, what sort of, uh, how have you used it up to this point? Well, there are certain decisions that, that have to be made before you, uh, before you decide to periscope, at least, uh, at least decisions that, that I consider. For instance, uh, when you're doing something, when you're periscoping something, you're, you're covering something live. Now, uh, as a reporter, uh, while I also want to cover stuff live, I also have to think in terms of, well, after I cover this story, is it going to live uh, on my website? Is it going to live on the radio station for a longer period of time? The One of the challenges about Periscope right now is that you can't embed it directly into a company's website. So, for instance, while, while my goal is to point people uh, eventually towards uh, WTOP.com, I can't peris- I can't embed a, uh, a periscope so that somebody could watch it live uh, on the on the front page of WTOP.com. Now, there are different ways that, that I can share it. For instance, the, the company, uh, you know the, the newsroom could retweet my tweet. That has uh, that that shows that I'm broadcasting live, and then that will get all of WTOP's listeners 
uh, hopefully to to watch the the video and be a part of that coverage right then. And again, if we do it correctly, we know that that people will uh, you know after they they watch something happen live, they'll want to come back and, and learn more about it as uh, as we learn more and more. So you have to consider: is this a story that can only be told live? Is this a story that I should shoot? on my built-in camera on my iPhone and edit it and uh, and send um, you know send the best 30 seconds of it using Twitter video should I just be recording audio is this a story that doesn't lend itself to to video then then there are the whole issues about how you how you should shoot it for instance when periscope and meerkat were both introduced both were vertical only and the reason that they both gave was that that's the way that most native uh, digital natives view a phone and that's true and so you know you see most people and they're they're holding their phones straight up and down uh so uh, unfortunately for a reporter we don't we haven't lived in a uh, in a vertical world uh, you know <laughs> tv uh tv is is horizontal tv uh, you know, all TV news is it continues to be horizontal. So when it started, you had to consider: is this something that I want to appeal only to uh, to a phone audience, or do I want to all, or do I only want to appeal to to a traditional uh, audience that might be viewing the video on the website? And I think what what we're learning over time is that it's best to be able to know how to do both. So that you can repurpose them, repurpose your content, uh, depending on 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 the audience. And sometimes you prepare uh, a, a different version for your for your phone audience. Sometimes you prepare a different version for your web audience. And thankfully, Periscope and Meerkat let you uh, save your your content, your whatever video you're shooting, to your phone, to, uh, to your camera roll. And then for, once you have it there. You can also re-edit it, or you could take out little, you know, little bites and 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 turn it into uh, a project that that will work on on a different platform. For instance, there's even uh, a nice app. Uh, there's an app called Crop um, that would let you, excuse me, would let you easily take a vertically shot uh, video and crop it very easily and and turn it into a horizontal video. That you can then, uh, you know, upload to YouTube or or to your uh, station's website, and that's all you can do. All that on your phone? Yes, you can do all of that on the phone. So uh, you know, so you don't have to transfer from from the phone to uh, to a uh, a laptop, right? Yeah. Well, and, and it seems interesting because it's it, you know it was created by Twitter. Uh, Twitter works best in a in, in a mobile environment. It's creating video for for mobile consumption. So it seems it seems sort of logical that it sort of starts out that way, and then we as journalists are trying to find a way that we can sort of repurpose it to our needs. I, I know that the, there there have been a couple of things that I've seen that TOP has done. There was a suspected active shooter up at um, NIH a few months ago, and you guys did a uh, did a periscope of the uh, police briefing. Uh, and, you know, that was sort of an example of of you uh, being a, a radio journalist going in there and. And sort of fulfilling the role of the the TV journalist going in and getting video to sort of accompany it and serve your readers 
uh, and the mo- in the moment on on digital. So basically, it, it, because Periscope is an app, it's not the it's not the most difficult thing to to learn how to use. It is it's very easy to, to to use. There are there are very few things that that you need to do to to get on the air. First thing you think that you need to do is you need to download the app and sign up for uh, for an account. And then you uh, then there are a few buttons on the bottom. One of them is a camera. You press that. You choose, uh, and once you press that button, you see what's being seen through your your phone's camera. You choose a uh, a title, uh, and and the the one advice that I that I give to people uh, when they're choosing a title is to find is to choose one that's that's very searchable uh, and very sort of factual and and, and literal. For instance, uh, if you are covering that that house fire, you'd want to specify house fire on Jones Street, uh, rather than you're not going to believe what I'm looking yeah. at now. Yeah. And the reason is because, A, you want it to be easy for people to find you right then when it's happening. But also what you're going to want is you're going to want people to be able to search that later. So even though they may not watch the the fire live as you broadcast it on Periscope, when they go and they search Twitter for house fire, you want them to be able to see that because the title that you choose on your Periscope shows up literally on Twitter. So your title needs to be something that's Twitter search friendly. Because it shows up on uh, on Twitter, uh, you can use hashtags. You can use you can drop in a, a relevant web link or um, Twitter account in there as well uh, to sort of make it that much more rich. Correct. Um, to you know maybe maybe here's the live video. You put the link into the story that goes with it or to the website. So you know check check for updates later. Now there's also I know I know that you gave sort of an, an instruction to. Uh, some of the TOP and some of the Federal News Radio reporters about how to how to use Periscope, and you, you mentioned this other app called uh, I think it's called Catch, spelled with a K, K A T C H. Uh, how does that work in concert with with Periscope? Okay, well, what Catch is it's uh, it's essentially an invisible app. It's it's uh, really quite amazing, and I don't really, even really understand how it works. But but here's what happens when when you're getting ready to to do a Periscope and you choose the title of your Periscope. You include the hashtag K-A-T-C-H. Then when you do your Periscope, it automatically uploads your video to the Catch server, which is very much like a YouTube. So your story is auto. You don't even need to, to set up a Catch account. It just automatically uploads your video to the Catch server. And what's great about that is that it does what Periscope doesn't. It makes it permanent. Right now, uh, Peris- Periscope only keeps a um, scope for 24 hours, and then it disappears into you know into the, the ether. Into the ether. And as a reporter, since we want to be able to save a story and put it on the website and have it there. Tomorrow, the next day, and next year, Catch has been very helpful because now, now what we can do is we can take a video. Once you choose to include hashtag Catch in your Periscope, then you automatically have 
a permanent video that you can embed, that you can share. It'll be there you know, for as long as, as you want it to be. There are some things that you can do. You can set up a Catch account. You can go to what's to catch.me, K-A-T-C-H dot M-E, and you can set some, some settings. You can see all of the catches uh, that, that have ever been caught, so the, you know, all the, the periscopes that you've done and using this, this catch add-on. And what you can do, you can also check in, in settings, auto-catch all of my periscopes. So, that, so once you do that, you don't have to type in hashtag catch. Uh, it'll just automatically upload it. Uh, to there now, what Paris, what uh, what Catch is doing right now, which within the last couple of weeks, um, they have they are responding to Periscope's decision to facilitate horizontal video as well as as vertical video. So now the way that Periscope works is, regardless of how the user holds their phone. I'm sorry, the, the viewer, regardless of how the viewer holds their phone, either vertically or horizontally, the, the periscope will appear, uh, beautifully in their, in their, their phone. And one of the things about periscope is that while, while they're also watching your, your content, people are, can also type their own, their own comments. And those comments flow up on the left hand side of the screen. In the past, uh, before Periscope was facilitating the horizontal thing, you'd see people who, who decided to Periscope horizontally because they wanted the, the full screen effect, but people who tried to view the, the Periscope had to turn their head sideways because <laughs> the, uh, because the comments were only flowing in, in one direction. Now, Periscope is, is, uh, has really matured and is, uh, uh, whichever way the, the viewer, uh, holds the phone, it looks great. Uh, the only thing is that, that catch is still in the process, they're halfway there, of being able to uh, provide uh, an embed code for the horizontal videos. It only works in, in Chrome right now. Uh, it doesn't work in, in, other, um, in other browsers. So other, other people who try to look at your, uh, your catched video um, might be frustrated, and of course, you, you know you don't want to frustrate people who are trying to come to your content. It's kind of amazing how quickly all this is sort of unraveling. It's like one one service is sort of building off of the other and, and making the other better, which I guess is the whole digital philosophy. You, you take one aspect of something, and you sort of make it better, and that's kind of that's kind of the, where you where you create your identity. As we try to figure out how to to do this digital content, um, before we wrap up, I, I wanted to talk about uh, something that you were recently involved in. Uh, you were involved in the uh, Hanagram uh, podcast that that was done. Uh, now, was that produced by TOP or was that by someone else? Well, um, CBS News Forty Eight Hours um, asked me to produce a five part podcast. Uh, about the Hannah Graham story. Uh, Hannah, the Hannah Graham story is one that I've been covering since last year, almost exactly one year. She was a uh, University of Virginia student who disappeared uh, and was eventually found uh, to be murdered. Her uh, her disappearance and, and her murder and the search for the person who uh, allegedly did it was a very gripping story. We spent uh, you know several weeks down in, in Charlottesville covering it, so we have uh, you know pretty good institutional knowledge of the case. Uh, and 
48 Hours came to me. Uh, they they had interviewed me for the for the broadcast for the TV broadcast, and they had an idea about wouldn't it be a good idea to do a podcast that w- that might uh, be used in the five days leading up to the to the Saturday night broadcast. So the, it was kind of a very uh, open ended thing. They said. You know, give us your thoughts. How do you think that this story arc uh, can run? And uh, it took more time than than I expected, <laughs> but uh, but we came up with a, with a, I think a nice podcast that tells the story uh, in a different way than the than the TV broadcast. Uh, I think that uh, you know they're sort of complementary, and that uh, that that in the podcast I was able to to take um, you know more time on, on certain aspects, the little things that would might not necessarily make it into the uh, into the TV broadcast. So and, and it's you know a little more conversational, a little bit more freewheeling than uh, than than the TV broadcast. The 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 model. Uh, that was brought up to me was, you know, ha- have you ever listened to Serial? <laughs> and of course, you know, Serial is now the, uh, you know, is 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 really the the you know the model that everyone uh, strives for. I had not uh, listened to Serial. I listened to it for a bit. I I, I thought about what would work uh, in in this case and and how it would, you know, how, how could I tell the story in a way that w- that had some of the nice parts of Serial, but but wasn't uh, you know didn't. Try to duplicate it, and uh, you know it's just a different way of, of telling stories. And it's it, it it did harken back to old time radio, where you can you know where I mean I, I made trips down there where I was just gathering uh, natural sound for the podcast, and uh, I was able to, to to layer that in with with my voice parts, and I, I thought it was pretty evocative. How was the experience for you? Was it something? Nice, something to do. Nice to do something different than sort of the the day to day news that you normally do. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it, it certainly was different. Uh, it was. It was great to be working with the forty eight hours folks. I mean, they they really approached the the, the TV aspect uh, almost as if they were making a movie with the you know with the with the lighting and with the with the. You know, just the real attention to detail. Um, but in terms of telling the stories, uh, you know, audio, it felt, you know, the, the, each of these podcasts was anywhere between, I think, 12 and 17 minutes. Uh, it is a different, um, a different, the pacing is very different. In fact, I did, while, while I pulled all the, the sound bites and, and, and wrote my scripts, I did work with, uh, with a producer on the final, uh, pacing of it. Because you know, forty-eight hours they, they do these these hour-long reports, and they know how to stretch something out and 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 build the the tension. So they you know they'd written music for for this thing. So we had uh, you know all this music to put in, and for a radio reporter who's who, you know who's generally trying to put as much information into a short report, uh, I I learned from from watching them. On how to stretch it out and how to how to pause it and how to uh, make the the tempo a little bit different. So yeah, you were like, yeah, six six episodes, forty five seconds each. I got that right. down. <laughs> but they, I think they wanted a little bit more. Yeah. Um, now, where can people find that if they want to download it or listen to it? Um, well, they can go to forty eight hours dot com, uh, and we also have it on the WTOP page. Uh, they can download the the, the five free uh, podcasts. 
uh, and they can also watch the, uh, the the TV broadcasts. Okay. Well, anything going on in the uh, the iPhone uh, reporting world since we last spoke? Uh, I, I think that that what I'm noticing uh, is that the the sort of the trend seems to be toward doing fewer things but doing them well and easily. You know, I'm seeing a lot of video apps which are making it easy uh, and more intuitive to to put together uh, packages. You know, the the app that that I've been using for three years. Uh, Vodio, V-O-D-D-I-O, has an impossible learning curve, um, yet there are other apps which do things uh, much, you know, much more easily. Uh, you, know, you, can, you can do a video project without even you know, once looking at a, um, at a manual. I mean, uh, manual is the wrong word. Looking at, at, a, at an FAQ of uh, of how to to use the, the the technology and to me that seems to be the the trend making things easier and more intuitive uh rather than than f- function filled rather than being able to do everything in in a particular app some apps are are just focusing on being able to do a few things very easily and very well yeah when you think of things like uh, programs like final cut pro which were very you know, when you when they first came out, it was you know they were pretty much designed for people who were doing video production, and they were very complex, and they were supposed to be done by professional people. and And sort of the curve of that is it has been working more towards a greater adoption by by making it easier for the average person to sort of learn it and master it. And I think that's just sort of the way that all this is going. That you know, getting away from that old idea of you know the, the 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 camera has to be so complex that only some some people certain people can master it. But now we're getting to a point with digital photography and all types of things that just making making all of us better uh, photographers, better uh, producers, uh, it makes our process that much easier and, and, and our end product that much better. Well, and I, and I think, I, but I th- and I think that the thing that we should all remember though is that all we're doing is telling stories this again the, the iPhone is just a just a tool for telling stories and you got to have the you know the ability and the and the the vision to be able to tell a story creatively okay i think it's a great place to end thanks thanks a lot for coming in neil my pleasure you've been listening to it's all journalism a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. You can also download episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at All Journalism. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening.